Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken! Hi everyone and welcome to episode 16 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host Chris Porter, I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for our regular hockey happenings discussion. Kraken Fancast releases episodes approximately every two weeks with occasionally added special editions. On our episodes, we of course discuss all subject matter about the National Hockey League's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. On our program, we share news about the team, analyze their play, and go over various team news. We'll also at times present interviews with people involved with the team, as well as the fan community. Plus, we aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. We'd like to start off today by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And also thanks to Mojito, serving the best Latin American and Cuban food in the Seattle area, bringing together amazing food and amazing people. Mojito works to enrich our community. Check them out at mojitoseattle.com. Okay, so it's game recap time. First off, we hope you all had a very nice holiday season. We certainly did. Uh, we took a little bit of a holiday break, uh, getting to record this episode a little bit later than we typically do. However, and unfortunately, the Kraken were also taking some breaks, some forced ones, thanks to COVID protocols and subsequent postponed games, which has been happening at an alarming and disappointing rate throughout the NHL over the past couple of weeks, uh, as well as for some games to come, which we'll get to in a sec. Let's recap, though, first what happened since our last episode. Uh, right as on our recording day, they lost to Anaheim 4-1. to one. A little later, they lost to Edmonton 5-3. That was a bad game for a reason I'll come up with in a second uh, besides the score. Uh, they then had four, count them, four postponements in a row. Games against Toronto, Arizona, Calgary, and Vancouver. There's an Arizona game in there. So it's not just a problem for Canadian teams. Uh, so they had a long break there. Other teams did too. Then they get to play against the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers coming to Seattle. Uh, Flyers that embarrassed the Kraken earlier in the season back in Philly. And, and the Kraken, i got to say, they played a decent game that night. They brought, they, they brought the game to overtime. Unfortunately, losing in overtime. But they did pick up a point at least on that game and, uh, and looked okay. So I was thinking, okay, maybe they get off a little schneid there, but no, sadly, that's the only point in the standings they've got since mid-December. The team then loses to Calgary again, and that time by the score of six to four. And then on New Year's Day, they start uh, 2022 in a bad way, losing a home game against the Canucks by the score of five to two. Plus, to add insult to injury, literally injury in this case, Brandon Tanev suffers an ACL tear in the uh, December 18th game I mentioned earlier against Edmonton. He has ACL surgery, and he is out for the rest of the season. 
Oh, it's 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 been rough. And uh, next up, they've got uh, the next three games postponed. They can't even get kind of get back in any sort of rhythm. Uh, to, uh, you know, they're supposed to play New York Islanders, Ottawa Senators, both postponed, and then a road game against Winnipeg Jets. That's not happening anytime super soon. So, uh, well, the Kraken get to play on their next scheduled game as of our recording here, January 10th in Colorado against the Avalanche. Will that happen? Who knows? Perhaps uh, we shouldn't count on it. Player-wise, roster-wise, Mason Appleton, Jeremy Lazan, and Alex Winberg are currently out due to COVID protocols. However, all likely back by January 10th. Vincent Dunn is uh, out due to a non-injury reason. Don't know anything more about it than that or how long he'll be out. Uh, Jaden Schwartz uh, is has been out due to an upper body injury. There's reportedly a decent chance he'll be back by the next game whenever that happens, hopefully by January 10th. So Jim and Nathan, we love our hockey team. We love watching hockey and we love supporting the team. But holy crap. It has been a challenging time lately. Jim, let me start with you. I have every reason to believe you have a lot on your mind about the Seattle Kraken's current situation. Um, what say you right now? Oh, boy. I feel like we've been here before, but now it's just everything's on steroids, it seems. You know, we, we had our deadlines our, around the Thanksgiving break. You know, what's going to happen there? Is there going to be any, you know, not necessarily – movement by trades or anything because we're too new as an expansion so you don't really ex- uh, expect that but some type of uh, roster stability or whatever but of course those covid protocols have played a lot with the roster and the taxi squad and it's just chaos and it's been here i think we've dropped eight in a row if, if that's correct um and that's bad it's uh i don't know what we got to do people are getting frustrated i'm hearing from Loyal fans, I'm hearing from newbies, the frustration, and you know me, I, I <laughs> and you, and all of us. There's, we've got a lot invested in this team from years of, you know, waiting and hope and all that. And sure, I'll throw the expansion factor on there, but at the same time, I know how the modern sports generation works and how the rules are set up for a club to do better and better as uh, as these leagues go on in all the leagues. So we're underperforming straight up. As a club, first and foremost, uh, coaching has been questionable at times. Goaltending is obviously an issue. Defense has its, uh, you know, its woes at times. And the forwards are, actually, the forwards are probably the strongest unit of every of all units. But it's still weak. But it is still higher project or higher than the projection was at the start of the season. So we can't really lay into them. We can pick on the D a little bit here and there for, you know, one to three major blunders a, a game. But our goaltending numbers straight up, you know, deep dives. There's a lot of information out there. And they're having some very struggling times, uh, particularly Grubauer. But I, I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but we need, to, we need to accept this. We need to not deny what's going on and accept it. And don't throw blame elsewhere when it's not there. So that's that's about what I got to say on that. Well, to underline one thing you said that I could, you know, it's about the off the offense numbers. I mean, five to three, three to two, six to four, five to two were set of the scores out in a lot of those games. I mean, only the Anaheim one was, you know, nothing, you know, four to one. But there's been offense there. 
you know, oh, but, yeah. but, but then, you know, you and I text and Nathan, you get in on this too. We all do. You know, it's like, okay, there's uh there's the first goal that the opponent scored is first five minutes right on time. You know, it, it's, uh, I mean, there was one game, there was a little, you know, a little except members of Cal, I can't remember which game, now, but there was one game. Where it's like, oh my God, they scored first, but, but uh, too often it's like, okay, that early goal, there, there we go. And they got to dig themselves out of a hole again. Like it feels like 80% of the games. The last game we won was the 14th of January. Okay. Technically, December. we haven't won a game. We haven't, we haven't uh, hit uh, Yeah, December. Thank yeah, you. the San Jose game. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> last year. And um, I'm looking at all these losses and the postponed games, obviously, they're not helping anything. And there's really no end in sight. You mentioned, you know, the Colorado on the 10th. Come I, don't, Maybe. I don't necessarily th- foresee that one getting postponed it's far enough away from the other teams that are playing it safe uh my question is is that the nhl that is saying collectively we need to postpone these or is it the teams across the border that are saying we just don't want to do it and chance anything uh i i'm familiar with my, how that my works. understanding is it's a, and you jim you can correct me if i'm wrong you may know more about it but i my understanding that's an nhl call um, it is uh, somewhat to do with, you know, what the teams have, but I, I think it has to do with, you know, they keep saying it has to do with the team scheduling and stuff. Cause like, for instance, can't uh, uh, postponing Ottawa. I, I don't have the numbers, you know, the front of me, but it, it certainly doesn't seem like Ottawa's, you know, it seems like they could, they could feel the team. Uh, I don't know. I may have some other ramifications on other things. Also, uh, the Canadian go- government and travel and everything falls into it. But uh, but then again, uh, you know, Arizona was postponed. And I, I, I think, you know, the quick answer is I think a lot of factors uh, fall into this, depending on how many guys are in COVID protocol per each team. And then just the overall scheduling and figuring out the travel and all that sort of thing. But it's an NHL call. It's not like, you know, the Islanders were waving the white flag and saying, we don't want to play because we don't have enough guys. I don't think it's that at all. I don't think these teams necessarily have that, that, uh, that, that way to be able to call that, or it would be a forfeit in that case. Gotcha. Um, going back to what Jim was talking about, you know, he said he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, so, you know, that's fine. I'm going to. Grubauer is just not getting it done. He's, I don't know what needs to happen for him to, to get to improve. It's the same thing every time. A goal, early goal, and he's rattled. And then you're relying on everything else to cover his back. There's other goalies out there that will get two, three goals, you know, in the first period. And it doesn't seem to affect them because all of a sudden they're rock solid the rest of the game. This guy just, I don't know what he needs to do, what help he needs. I, I, I try to pick his play apart. I watch him carefully and I'm just not seeing what I see in other goalies out of him. And it's just the same thing over and over. It's a broken record. I don't maybe, know. Maybe we're now seeing why Colorado didn't go out of their way to give him the money he wanted. You know, I, I just wonder. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's been, you know, the, the last expansion team when they got their players, there were some I was flabbergasted at some of the teams letting go of some of those players, but they did. And when they got to Vegas, they just 
I mean, they did a great job, but yeah, I, I can see now a little bit more with our own team why some of the players were let go and given away, you know. Well, okay, yeah. you know, for instance, about getting back to Grubauer, though, I mean, we've got, you know, so we've seen Drieger in there. He's he's had some decent games, you know, when he stayed healthy. But, you know, uh, they they got pretty well beat on, on the last game he was. I mean, see, should he be starting? Should he a lot more? Uh, is he really the answer? Yeah, put him up against some of those tougher teams. Throw him to the Wolves. Let's see what happens. We know he can win. We know he can lose. How does he lose? How does he win? We need to see that. So getting back on the Grubauer, uh, I, I was trying to soften it up, but it's obvious that's where I was going with the goaltenders. That's been the weak link. We, I mean, we can't deny it, man. It's it's out there, all of it. Um, the numbers aren't good. You know, he started 24 games. He's 7 13 0 and 4. He's running a 330 with an 882 save percentage. Um, Oof. The numbers between him and Dreger are similar uh, as far as uh, save percentage uh, and GAA. So, you know, but Dreger's running, uh, he's three wins, four losses. He has had the crease. It's been his crease to own for the last two starts. And that's evident because they put him in against the tougher teams and he hasn't quite done it in that, um, that flames game. He played well until the third period, he had a couple breakdowns and that one, the game winner was actually a bit soft. He was caught way out of position and late to the, to get over. But uh, Nathan, you were talking about, you don't know what it is. You can't pinpoint it or whatever. It, it is hard to pinpoint on a tender what's going on when you're watching on TV or even when you're there, unless you're isolating 100%. But I know this, he is obviously getting worked hard with his goaltending coach on, on what the problems are. The couple problems I have seen are his angles are off. He's deep in the crease a lot. And most uh, tenders aren't caught that deep in the crease. And when you are and you're on your knees, he's getting beat over his shoulders a lot. I know for a fact they're working with that and him, but that's just one of those weird things. If you've got a lot of traffic right on the paint, you tend to fall back anyway. So that a lot of that right there needs to be pushed out from the D to begin with. That would be the one thing you could really point the finger on the D is push him out and not let him get behind because when they are behind, he can't see and he's backing up. He's trying to look around and he's down on his knees a lot at that point too. It's tough. It's brutal, but something's got to change. In, and I don't know if it can. I mean, but the numbers are there. They say, you know, you, you're just, I've got a couple team stats here real quick. I'll go over with you guys. And there's a lot of bad, 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 even or excellent. The most excellent stat of the team stats, believe it or not, is shots against. So that right there tells you that everybody's pretty much doing their job, keeping the shots down, you know, and then, but then the naysayers come back and say, well, yeah, but what about the, the shot quality, the high danger or what have you? That's fine. Um, there's not a lot of tips going on. There's not a lot of blocks going on or all those tangibles. You can only really go with those stats. That was the most positive stat of all of those. But then again, goals against is the second highest in the league. So there you go. It's an oxymoron right there. Can we go back to that play where Grubauer shoved the screen right in front of him? Did he need to do that? Or could he just have, I know he was doing it because he was wanting to see where the puck was, but if he just maintained his composure and his crease and was a little bit more aware of what was about to happen, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain, but I just, I, I watched it over and over again. They didn't do anything wrong. 
he just gave him a shove because he was too close. He was trying to see around the screen and it cost us a goal. He was out of position at that point, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He could have, he had I mean, two feet to his right. He could have gone. He would have stopped that puck. You know, you can obviously pick apart certain moments of a game and all, but he, yeah, he's got to own that crease. He's got to stay up out on that line and shut down that angle, especially from that the long shot. You know, it's a tough call. He's they, they've got to, they've got to change it up there and the defense has got to work better. I've, of the games I've been to, Chris and I seat is in the attack twice for the visiting team. So we get to see our own tender quite a bit from the side. The one, you know, we see those early goals, which just chat me off like there's no tomorrow, because I swear to God, we're leading the league. And the answer back goal within a minute is another one that pissed you off lately. Um, those are just total demoralizing goals. Now, those, the answer back goal, that is coachable. That's a coaching thing. I don't care what anybody says. You can't tell me these other teams don't know about this and don't work on an attack as soon as they come out right after a goal, you know, line matching, whatever, even though we're at home, they're working that system for sure. But watching, I've been watching a lot of defensive zone coverage since the seats are right in, you know, we're right there. And I can't believe how often we leave the weak side winger coming down, which would be the right side, let's just say from my angle wide open when everybody cheats to the strong side you know you've got your strong side winger you got your centerman cheating you've got your one d cheating you've got your second d your offside d starting to cheat past and all of a sudden here comes this right winger just cruising down so i've seen it sometimes three times a game and i'm sitting there going what's going on man get that the back how, how many whatever. how many goals are coming from that it's not so much the goals it's the opportunities and every opportunity could be a goal right so they are all, as analytic experts would say, high danger. So that's what you're trying. We actually have a good high danger um, defense as far as shots go when you break them down. But still, yeah. nobody, the amount of shots coming, guys cruising down the slot wide open from stupid blunders, both both defense and wingers, coverage, whatever on the point, that's everybody's game right there in the zone. But it's so funny because you look at those numbers and it's good, but then you see that, you know, and like, wow, what the heck's going on? It's almost a reckless run and gun defensive style and i don't know if that's taught or if that's just bad habits or whatever i don't know if everybody's bought into the system or if they're ever going to buy into the system yeah everybody panicking is all i see yeah and i also see a lot of and chris you can relate to this uh we either play a pretty good game you know all the way around a total tentative game it's we're on the heels yeah it's just weird it's like i don't want it you here you take it you you initiate the play I, you know it's weird it's like they alternate back and forth from that style game to game well at the beginning you know I, I think all of us to various degrees I mean Jim you and I especially since we've been in a number of games together you know I guess you know the typical word chemistry and you know we've said you know how you know they'd be passing and it just seemed awkward it didn't they didn't seem you know you see some of these other teams that have played together for a while and you know they're flipping things back and forth it looks like acrobatics out there with the passing and they they just have this sense and the team early on didn't but then they started developing there were some games it was a little, little role where oh all right these guys are starting to click and certain lines are clicking even though Hextall has changed the lines a little bit, and that's frustrated us. We're like, what, what's going on here? And some of our favorite players have not been on the first line or second line that we thought should be, you know. I mean, we've seen certain guys like McCann, uh, Schwartz, Donato, still always be kind of solid guys there. Maybe they're not having like star games, but I mean, every game they seem to be giving something positive. And the other guys, it's just it's constant inconsistency. And it's just like we have this little tease. Oh, they want to get like a San Jose game. That's a great 
you know, example. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, you know that they're capable of doing it. San Jose is not a great team, but not a bad one. You know, they're kind of a middling one, but it was like, okay, great. You're showing something or early on, you know, they're beating the, you know, the Capitals or they're beating the Panthers. You're like, what? All right. And that's what's so frustrating. If they were just losing all the bad teams and then maybe eking out a few of the middling teams, you'd be like, oh, it's expansionitis. It's just what happens. And what what's what's frustrating with them is just we see some really good play. We'll see one really great period. You're like, wow, you know, yeah, this team can do it. And then, oh, never mind. You know, it, it just this it, and that's I, I don't I don't know. And it's just really perplexing. You know, usually bad teams, always, you know, if I was in, you know, Arizona family, OK, this 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 team sucks. And, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, is what it is and or whatever Ottawa teams or something. You can't expect much from them. And then, you know, you look at a lot of these great teams and the expectations are, are understandably high with Edmonton and, you know, go, go on with the Capitals, et cetera. And, and then, you know, other teams like our Bruins, like, you know, you know Winnipeg, Minnesota, yeah, they get a streaky. You go, you know, they go through a couple of weeks of really great and then, okay, a little schneid and they kind of bounce back. And, and that's, you know, this is a long grind, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon and that's going to happen with most teams. This team, <laughs> which team is going to show up? And if, if you got the good Kraken showing up, are they going to show up for all three periods? Because too often they're there. They're, the great team there is, is there for maybe two periods. And uh, so that that's what that frustrates me. And, uh, you know, I, I see some guys there. Well, this is actually a good little segue to, you know, what can be, you know, you said earlier, Jimmy, you know, what can be done? Well, there is a something can be done considering uh, where we are in the season. I'm going to you know, segue here to our emails from the deep, uh, our little regular interactive segment with our listeners. We love getting to interact with our listeners and uh, particularly love and appreciate getting emails from you guys or even social media messages and posts. We highly encourage you to uh, send us questions and comments regarding the team, whether it be via email or on social media. Each episode, we'll aim to read one or two of those. And this time, I'm actually going to go read a question left on our Facebook page that I thought was very appropriate and interesting one, given the point of time we are at here in the regular season and per everything we just talked about. This one's from uh, Don Donborough. No, excuse me, Don Donborough. Don, thanks for the the question here, I, I, he Don says, uh, so I think it's safe to say the boys will be playing golf instead of postseason hockey. I'm still a fan and support this team, but the time has come for the GM to make some decisions. This team has pieces that playoff teams will want. Take your emotions out of the conversation and think realistically, who can the crack and move to improve the team in 2022-2023? Had my own ideas, but I wanted to ask you guys, who do we unload here? This trade time here, you know, is it going to happen? And who should they uh, think of, you know, maybe letting go in order to look at the bigger picture? Uh, Grubauer, sorry, but I feel <laughs> that maybe it's time to uh, let that ship sail. I don't know. It'll get rid of the stats and his contract. I don't know how attractive it'll be on a trade. Well, maybe. You know, yeah, that would be nice. I hear you. Yeah. Well, well, you didn't ask me what was realistic. You asked me who I wanted to get rid well, of. Well, well, no, I, I'd say even realistic. Like, I mean, uh, well, sure, okay, fair enough. Grubauer, that, that that's that's fair. Do then some goalie or trade it for some picks or something. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be somebody that's willing to pick up his contract, you know, for future picks, some, something, uh, I don't know. Um, that's really the thorn in my ass lately is, is that I, I don't really, it hasn't been long enough for me to really pick apart a whole lot. I, everybody knows I watch goalie and defense more than anything else. And that's, that's the first thing I would, I would do is you might not score as many goals as you'd like, but you got to stop a lot more than what you're stopping. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, some goalies have had a hard time and they've revived themselves with, with other teams and, or other situations, or, you know, some, some, one of the teams uh, was in the playoff hunt and one of their goalies goes down and they need a good backup and, you know, Grubauer could, could be that. So that's a, that's a fair point. I, I was going to say my, my answer to Don on, on these, and I'm curious what you think of these, uh, uh, Jim, uh, or either of you guys, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, my, my, my quick answer to, to Don was, uh, I was thinking Winberg, Lazan, Don Scorey, Jan Kroc, Shan, and maybe even Geeky since he's a young guy and, you know, could, could be construed as maybe, you know, could, could be thought of as maybe getting much better later on. I, I thought, you know, not that we'd unload all those guys, but I'm just saying those, I thought should be considered for trades. Some other people have kind of brought up Giordano. Um, uh, our buddy Paul Brownlaw brought up uh, Johansson because of his uh, UFA contract. Um, uh, those are some names. Would you concur? Do you think in any other guys? You know, I was deep diving the roster uh, this morning, actually, all the way back to the expansion giraffe and what we've done, you know, what we, who we've got rid of from that expansion draft, the UFAs we picked up, the contract signed. Uh, and I came out uh, with a, a basic list of quality players that I think would be protected or would, would always be with us no matter what right now. Ebbs is not going anywhere. Schwartz isn't going anywhere. Gore's not going anywhere. Question marks. Wenberg could be a piece. Um, he's, he's actually had a pretty good year. Yes, but he's attractive. I, I like some of those players yeah. I mentioned. I, I like, but it's just I, I you know, are they really fitting? Next, I put question marks next to guys that are possibilities that might get some at least picks. You know, one for one, you're not going to get any difference in the standings, no matter what. This would all no. Be this is for next, next year, year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Wenberg, Donskoy, Yoren Krope. You know, I, I know Donskoy's frustrated a lot of people because he just hasn't scored in a million games. But that guy is a defensive specialist as well. He plays both ends of the ice. He's a, he's highly regarded. He, he's a good trade piece, but he's also a piece you don't necessarily want to get rid of at the same time because of his two-way play. I got geeky as a question. For some reason, uh, Ron's a big geeky fan, and I know for a fact, so I don't see him going anywhere. I think another great piece would be, although we haven't seen enough sample size of him because of injuries and COVID, is Appleton. Hmm. I think he could be a piece. Uh, in a trade situation as far as Zadigo, I was never buying into the geo thing because I you know the whole captain geo thing that's why they got him here they took it up right for some leadership we all know he's got probably two two years left maybe right his contract's going to fall on its face 50 percent at least so it'll go to high bidder I don't think they want to get rid of him I think they like the leadership role but I've, I've got some close friends that seem to think you know, we can get something for him now and then just move on because he wants to go to, not that he wants to go, but somebody will want him on the playoff drive. So that's a question. 
the Lexiak Dunn and Susie aren't going anywhere. The contracts are long. They're young. They're good. Uh, Susie's been the surprise D-man. I like Susie. He has been a his numbers, good surprise. His, you know, he's got the highest plus minus on the club right now at a plus eight on a horrible team. Yeah. I said horrible, but I mean, let's just say it. It's the, it's an impressive plus minus under the circumstances. I, I had a double take when I looked at that stat. I was like, wow, cool. Yeah, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, and, and, you know, I'm old school, so I'll take the plus minus all day. I know the new modern day analytics folks don't give a crap about it, but you know what? I still do. So those are the names, basically. All the other ones, you know, if you look back at the uh, Vegas situation from their first year to their fourth year or whatever, you know, half their roster was gone the second year. So get used to it. Your whole bottom six could be gone. Um, and then maybe one pluck out of the top six. And then with the, uh, you know, you could have 4D gone next year. All when do we year. start seeing trades before the end of this month? Like, it seems like they should uh, be happening by now. But maybe because well, of postponements, they haven't. It's funny because I, I follow a couple of big-time guys on Twitter that I love following. And uh, one of them. Toronto young guy. Uh, he's always posting out there. Somebody make a trade. Somebody make a trade. Let me talk about something. And I kind of agree. I mean, the thing is, it it, it could happen at any time, right? But it, I don't think you'll start seeing much action for, I don't know, a month, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Trade um, deadline is when? Do you know? Off the top of oh, God. I don't have it posted on me right now with a I don't have that information down. I can't remember. It, it's weeks. I want to bring up. I want to bring I want to bring up a couple other people though. So like I, I, I didn't mention Donato. I, I think they're going to hold on to him. He's just I hope they clutch. do. I think he's I been very clutch, but I, but he's totally clutch and he's producing in his minutes, his minutes to production. Are crazy. This is one of his best. Yeah, maybe I didn't look to side by side, but I think it's one of his best years he's had in the NHL. I, mean, I think people, I think fans are comfortable when he's got rotation heavily. And when he's out, they're like bum because they know what he can do in a clutch moment. So that would be the other, the rest, are, the rest are, could go. That's just the way oh, it is. I, they better keep McCann. I'd be. No, no. I, did I not put McCann? Oh, you know, we didn't talk didn't about McCann him. Down? Hey, you know, I didn't put McCann down. Cause it's so obvious. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. He, he better not. Be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it should is that be. what it was? <laughs> it's totally that. Cause you know, he's my player, man. You know, and then, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the AHL, you know, there, I was, uh, I think it was in the athletic, uh, you know, somebody was uh, going through a little bit of the, uh, you know, go, going through, uh, you know, some of the farm hands and everything. And, you know, guys and call like Maddie Beneers. I mean, they say, you know, you could plug him in an NHL game right now. Riker Evans is maybe a year away. He's not too far. He needs to play in maybe a few games in the AHL, but he could envision him coming up halfway through the year. He's doing that well. Uh, and then the other guys maybe need a little more seasoning. Um, you know, we've seen Borgen come up, and I, I've liked what I've seen on that kid. Um, you know, and we <laughs> we got a soft spot for uh, Joey Decord. I was kind of like, the problem is with Charlotte Chickers, they've got a ton of goalies they need to kind of take care of. And even like, Devin Dubin that could even play a couple of games or something, you know, the regular NHL goalie. So it's, so the court hasn't had a chance to play in a lot of games, but he, depending on the stats, he's been, you know, he's been a top 10 guy in the AHL and some of the stats, save percentages and things. So, you know, I just feel the problem is we've kind of, you know, he's kind of gone in my opinion, he's, he's been put in some tough situations when he has played for the Kraken, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't help but look at that kid as, as, as a good future guy. Uh, I mean, he could end up being some trade bait too, but um, 
considering how Grub is doing or not doing, and Drieger been okay, but not maybe ideal. Who, who are the other goalies? Is it a trade and, or sign, or do we have some jewels in the AHL? That remains to be seen, of course. When you got the contracts the way they are with our two tenders, it's it's almost as if you're stuck and locked in. So locked into these two guys. But you would have thought, after seeing both of them play last year, well, of course, that sounded great. I was thrilled. We all were thrilled, right? Well, <laughs> like, I, oh mean, I mean, we've all seen uh, in, in the leagues with other teams, tenders, contracts bought out or other clubs sold uh, or bought halfway through their contract, which is possible. But that's still that's still three years out with your number one. And then as far as Drigger goes, what's he at? 3.5 or something like that? I think three around, three, around there. I, yeah, I somewhere around there. So that's that's even a little higher than normal uh, for a backup. And you don't you know, he's not. I don't know if you'd want to get rid of him or move him on. And I don't know if he's, he's very enticing with those numbers as it is. Anyway, it's the same as Grubauer. When you look at the numbers, like, no, I'm not touching that, but they also know that these are just freak years and they're on an expansion club too. They can always look at it that way. You know, just a couple bright spots. I was noticing on the, the two date stats um, with players individual. Anyway, there's only been two players on the club that have not missed a game. And that's uh, Don Squay and geeky. They both hit 33 games. Uh, McCann's leading in goals. Ebbs is right behind him. Uh, points is Schwartzy is right there in three. Uh, plus minus Susie, Tanev, of course. Penalty minutes, no surprise. Jeremy Lozon. It's almost, there's a lot of dumb penalties in those 43 minutes. So, uh, yeah, some people like Lazan because he's a little fighty, but I, well, he's me, a, there are other guys that they can do as well. He, because he has cost them some goals because of those penalties. Oh. Totally. I mean, he's super physical and all, but, but, and that's another thing I was with this COVID crap and uh, up and down the roster, it's obviously hurt our D pairings more than anything. You know, you can float those four lines around pretty heavily, but those D pairings are very important. Like I was watching, you know, I'm a fan of Borgen too, but I'll tell you right now, him and uh, Fleury do not work well together. So you can find out real quick in a game who doesn't work together through, through these COVID defensive pairings. A um, couple other things. Let me see here. McCann's power play, uh, number five points. Ebbs is right behind him. Dunn has uh, power play points of five out of all the defensemen, which is good. Shots. McCann is leading in shots. Swartzy and Ebbs. Shot percentage. McCann, Ebbs. So you see who the big guns are here, right? Keep seeing the same names, yeah. Yeah, there's no getting around it. So... And of course, Ebbs has played seven less games. I've no five less games than anybody else. So that's just interesting numbers. So it, seem, it seems. It seems. You never know. We can always. It's. It's up to them. And you know, we don't always know what's going on. Uh, everything in right closed doors, so to speak. But uh, it seems like we we know who they need to keep or they're gonna keep for the most part. Right. Those other guys oh. that we just were mentioning. It's like that. That they're inconsistent or whatever, or at least showing some skill. Like we, Don Square, yeah, we, we, you know, we bitch and moan about his lack of goals, but it's a lot of assists there. And he, he's the type of guy you could probably fit in in another team, and he might fit fit in better. Yarn Crock, another guy who I've personally not been impressed with, although I know he's got skill and he might fit better in another team. Cali has been under the radar in the last eight games, by the way. Seven games, pardon me, eight points last seven games. Yeah. Boy, boy, Kelly's been producing actually. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
with those names right in that middle middle pack forward middle so pack yeah because it's like okay yeah they're good and it would be nice to keep them but you get you have to trade something good to get something good theoretically right and they're also specialists too so that's always enticing right. for a trade exactly all right great insight guys thanks very much i want to take a minute to tell you about our patreon page patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for creators to get funding Putting uh, this podcast on takes a lot of time and finances for equipment, et cetera. So things like uh, sponsorship and Patreon funding helps us keep doing what we're doing. For patrons, it's a great way to join their favorite creators community, help with funding, and get some perks along the way. You can go to patreon.com slash krakenfancast or krakenfancast.com slash patreon and make your way there. We have some great perks that you all can get involved with starting at five bucks a month. There are different tiers. So the more you donate to support, the more perks you get. Uh, thanks much to all of those who've signed up so far. We really, really appreciate uh, and are grateful for everyone's consideration for it. Uh, big shout out to our newest, newest patron on Patreon, Jason Stowe. Thanks very much, Jason, for uh, your support and generosity. Um, folks, please remember, if you haven't already done so, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we're at we're at Cast Kraken on Twitter. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which uh, we're aiming to be on more soon. You can find us there on uh, Kraken Fancast. Before we get to some more uh, housekeeping stuff, Nathan, did you want to get, you wanted to give a shout out to somebody you said earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. We've, I was surprised, got a message from a guy in Costa Rica. His name is Luis Cuadra. I hope I pronounced that right. This guy messaged us just to say he loves the show. He listens to everyone that he can. And uh, he's a newer fan to to the Kraken. And I uh, just want to give him a shout out. Thank you so much for listening way down there in South America. That's impressive. I had a little bit of a conversation with him uh, just via messages. And just really, really appreciate all our listeners, especially when you come from Costa Rica or other places that you're that devoted that you'll you'll listen to us. That means a lot. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Costa Rica. We were expecting a lot, a lot of listenership out there. So that that's great. We, we've had we've had some people reach out to us and from various European countries and other parts of the country. So it's not all about Seattle cracking fandom in Seattle. I mean, for obvious reasons, a lot, but uh, there are some fans from uh, from all over and in Canada. And uh, we really appreciate uh, you all listening, spreading the word and all your support. So cheers to that. All right. Um, and as I started, almost started to say, and I will now, uh, you can always catch Kraken Fancast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our own website, KrakenFancast.com. We'll be back later this month to discuss more Kraken game happenings. That is, if they can happen, <laughs> other topics, which I'm sure will come up. Uh, thanks very much to our producer, Jay Middleton. For Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, we thank you very, very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, Go Kraken! Kraken! Kraken.